God has for us is way beyond anything that you and I could grasp a hold of. God's purpose for our life is bigger than what we could think of, and thank God it is. Because there's been times in my life that I have, no, I have looked at the purpose of what I thought God wanted to do for me, and I asked God for a certain thing, and I prayed for God to, to answer my prayers, and then I don't get that, and I think, oh. But then I later find out that I got something so much better than what I wanted. So much better than what I had been asking the Lord for. See, God's ways are greater than our ways. His plans are bigger than our plans. So when things don't go good, when things go bad, we have to look at that and say, what is your purpose, Lord? Over the years of planning this church, you know, 17 years ago, I can truly honestly tell you, and, and um, I can honestly tell you that the vision that I had for our church 17 years ago isn't necessarily what has played out. In that first thought, you could sit there and you could look at this and you could say, okay, that's, that's sad. That's disappointing. I had this vision in my head when I went to plant a church that if I just stuck a sign, you can actually ask my wife, I said this, if we just stuck a sign on the street corner, people will come. And my wife's like, I don't think it works that way, Jason. I said, it does work that way. And over the 17 years of our church, I have had this vision in my head of what I thought it would look like and what would happen. And, and sometimes God blesses me with that and sometimes he gives me uh, people like Jay in my life. No, I'm kidding, Jay. You're a blessing. I had to come up with something, Jay, and you were the first person there. So, yeah, Chaz isn't here. No, no, honestly, I, the, the blessing, or the, the 17 years, we pray and we ask the Lord to do something more than maybe what we have today. But you know what? What I have learned over the course of these 17 years is that the friendships that I can make within the church of what we have today is greater than what I could have had if the vision that I had in my mind came to play. I've been blessed with so many people. I've been blessed with relationships that I would have maybe not had had the vision in my head came true. And because of that, I'm thankful that God didn't answer the prayers exactly the way that I want them. Now, that doesn't mean, God, that I'm... Lord, I'm even thankful for technology that doesn't work. (laughs) Honestly, when things don't turn out the way they're supposed to, though, we have to ask this question, what is the purpose that God has for us? I was starting down this path, and I, and I really want to continue down this path, and I don't care that my, ear, my uh, microphone doesn't work, because I think this is an important message. Sometimes, when we don't get exactly what we want, we have to find a blessing in what God gives to us. 
Because there's always a blessing. God does not give you anything that's not a blessing. The pain, the suffering, the difficulties, all of those things that you have to go through are a blessing from God. Why? Because he's taking you from the place that you're at and he's moving you to a new place. If you truly believe what Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, that God takes all things and makes them good, then you have to understand that even the bad things in your life are being worked towards good. And we have to understand that there's a purpose for that. And if there's a purpose that God has given things, then there's also a blessing in that purpose. If you're standing here or sitting here today and you're asking yourself, but pastor, you don't know what I've been praying for. I do. Because it's probably very similar to some of the things I've prayed for. Praying for the health of someone. Praying for a grandson who's sick. Praying for a wife who has ringing in her ears. Uh, Praying for someone to be healed of cancer. Praying for financial blessings. Praying for all of those things. All of those things that we pray for, there's nothing wrong with praying for those things and asking for those things. And maybe God will answer those prayers. And maybe God will. I believe in my heart that God still wants to heal people. And so I have to believe when we're praying for your grandson, June, that God's going to answer that prayer. I believed when I was praying for my father that God would answer that prayer, and he did. He just didn't answer it in the way that I wanted him to answer. God has a purpose for all things in our lives. And so we have to understand that according to Scripture, that all things will work together for good. It may not be our plan. It may not be what we wanted but all things are going to work out for good for him. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 through 14, uh, I'm sorry, 14 through 21, says that he would grant you according to the riches of glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, Can you, uh, that, that Christ may dwell in you, in your hearts, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to understand all of these things, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do abundantly, exceedingly abundantly, above all, that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This verse is a verse that I have often prayed as we came to the end of a service, as we prayed for the end. um, Thank you. It's often this prayer is said during a time when we're trying to close and we're trying to share the service. This is the benediction, if you will, the end of the service. But this is such an amazing verse that we have to understand that there's way more to this. 
Verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, this is Paul again speaking, that he would grant you according to the riches of glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love. What happens when we, through our ability, become grounded and rooted in Jesus Christ? It's not our ability that allows the faith to work in us, but it's our steps to following him. We have to make that step. We have to take those steps to do those things. And so what happens is that when we dwell in that, when we walk in that faith, Paul goes on to say that we may comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. In the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the unanswered prayers, we can ask this question, how can I comprehend how great God is when I'm only seeing him through the lenses of whether he's answering or not answering the prayers that I'm asking him to do? God is way bigger than our prayers. He's way bigger than us. Paul goes on to say, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Some other translation says that the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge or all understanding. See, the love of Christ surpasses any understanding or knowledge that we have. And so when we pray for something and it doesn't work out to be exactly the way that we want it to be, we have to understand that his love still surpasses the fact that we're disappointed that he didn't answer the prayers in the way that we wanted him to answer. In fact, he is greater than all of those things. He goes on to say, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, we have to understand that when things don't go the way that we want them to go, God still wants to provide for us. Oftentimes when we don't get the provision from God that we're seeking, When God doesn't give us the lottery numbers, he has something better for us in return. When God doesn't answer your question, he has something better in return. God wants to provide for you. He always is providing for us. The promise that he gives to us through scripture is that neither any hair, (laughs) I always say, or the lack of hair on my head, but God can count every hair that's on your head. And he also, scripture also tells us that he loves the sparrows and the flowers in the field and he takes care of all of them. And so if he's going to take care of them, how much more is he not going to take care of us who are created in his image? The problem is that oftentimes when we don't get what we want, we don't see the provision that God gives us in other places. The truth of the matter is, is that God is always blessing us. God is always here for us, and he's always providing for us, and he never wants us to go without. Now, does that mean that we're going to be rich? No. Does that mean that we're going to have everything that we've ever wanted? No. What it means is that God is going to provide for us. For years, I worked in the business field and lived a fairly comfortable life. And I remember the day that I went to my wife and I told her, I said, honey, I think I want to leave the business field to go into ministry. And she's like, um, we got to have a conversation. And I said, okay. She goes, well, how are we going to pay our bills? I said, I don't know. We'll figure it out. 
She's like, uh, that's not good enough. And I said, yeah, that's probably right. It's not good enough. We have to figure this out. Can I tell you that today, God's provision for us as a family is way more than what I could have ever imagined? Sure, we live our life a little differently than what we lived when I was in the business field. But you know what? What he provides for us is amazing. We've never, in fact, we're, <laughs> we're in a better financial position today than what I ever have been in my whole entire life. We've never missed a meal, as you can tell. <laughs> We've never, we still go on vacations. We still can bless friends. We can still bless people. We can still do the things that we always wanted to do. Why? Because God still provides for us even when he doesn't answer the prayers in the way that we wanted them to be. God wants to provide for us. And we often try to think that we have to fix our own issues. See, when bad things happen, the very first thing that the... Let me get a little spiritual on you for a moment, right? When bad things happen to us, the very first thing that happens is Satan wants to isolate you. Why? Because he knows that if he can isolate you away from believers in Christ, if he knows that he can isolate you from anyone that can help you, the very first thing you're going to do is go, woe is me. And you're going to begin to ask, and you're going to begin to question yourself, and you're going to, you're going to begin to question your faith. Why hasn't God answered my prayers? If God didn't, I, I mean, I don't know, he answers Corey's prayers. Why doesn't he answer my prayers? Right? He answers Chad's prayers. Why doesn't he answer my prayers? And we begin to isolate ourselves from the body of believers that can help us. And we begin to isolate ourselves from anyone that can speak sense into our life and help us to see that God is still doing these very things that we need him to be. It's just in different ways. There's been times in my life when I've allowed myself to be isolated from others. And what happens when you isolate yourself from others is you forget that God is still providing, not only for you, but for everyone else. You begin to see Satan moving you away, and you begin to feel that isolation, and you begin to feel that separation, and then the next thing you know, you're beginning to walk away from your faith because you've been isolated. God doesn't want us to be isolated. He doesn't want us to be alone. And he doesn't want us to question his provisions because he provides for us at all times. Romans 8, 38 and through 39, we read this once, I'm going to read it again. But for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. One of the biggest questions that we have to tell ourselves, one of the biggest things that we have to go through is that when we are alone, God is still there. God is still with us, even when we don't get what we want. That should be number four, not number three. But God is still there. God is still blessing you. God is still with you. God does not leave us alone. God does not walk away from us because he's not answering your prayers. God does not answer, God is not leaving you alone because you're going through some type of difficulty. God is with us. In fact, I love, my grandmother introduced me to the, anyone remember the Footprints poem? Uh, You probably all have seen this, but the Footprint poem is, you know, 
it says that uh, even when the times are going tough, when I usually see two feet prints, or feet prints, that's easy for me to say, footprints in the sand, there is only one. And I came to realize or know that Jesus was carrying me through those tough times. That's so true. When we're going through a tough time in our life, when we're going through unanswered prayers, when we're going through when God seems to be delaying his response to our prayers, then we have to understand that it is not that we're not alone. He's with us. The amazing thing about faith is that God never promised you you wouldn't go through difficult things. He always promised that he would be with you. God never said that I'm going to come down and take all of these bad things away from you. God never said that I'm going to come down and I'm going to uh, wipe the earth away from all of these bad people and I'm going to pull them all off this earth. He will at some point when rapture comes and we are uh, reunited with our loved ones in heaven. But until that day, God doesn't promise us that we won't face troubles on this earth. What he promises us is that he will walk with us every step of the way. God is there. When we begin to isolate ourselves and we feel alone, we have to remember that God is with us. When we pray and we don't feel like we're getting answers and it seems that God is far away, we have to remind ourselves that God is with us. He is everywhere. He's within our he's in our future, he's in our past, and he's in our today. The most amazing thing about Scripture and the most amazing thing about this story is that God not only is here for us, but he provides part of the Trinity to walk with us, the Holy Spirit. He promises to you and I that through the Holy Spirit, we can have someone who will guide us and walk with us, who will be with us as we walk through these steps, as we go through these things. See, when bad things happen to us, we have to be reminded that it's not God doing these bad things. God is not the author of evil. May I remind you today that if God doesn't answer your prayers and evil comes into, and the evil that's in this world is not authored by God. God does not author those things. It is the world we live in. The choice that we make. The choice that Adam and Eve made, right? Thanks, Adam and Eve. But literally, it's not just them, it's also us, right? Adam and Eve may have made that choice to choose that fruit of the tree, the fruit of uh, good and evil, and the knowledge of good and evil, I should say. They, sh- they chose that, they ate of that tree, and sin entered into this world. But we can't just blame them for that, because every single day, guess what? We get a choice to make too. Every single day, our choice is to do good or not to do good. To follow God or not follow God. Our prayers may not be answered because God says there's something better for you that I'm waiting to give to you. But we have to understand that when things don't go the way that we want them to go, we have to understand that God is still there. He's still amazing. He's still loving. And he wants to be with you. We have to remind ourselves that God is present. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. These four things that we see, maybe you're here today and everything's great. Pastor, what are you talking about? Everything's wonderful. God has answered every one of my prayers. Then start praying for me. Let me give you a list. Maybe you're here today and you're going through a difficulty. 
Maybe you're here today and things seem to be really, really difficult. May I challenge you for a moment and just say to you that God is not distant from you. He is with you. He loves you. He wants to be with you. Remember that God loves you so much so that he was willing to give his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and I. He was willing to take the scourge of the beatings on his back. He was willing to do all of those things because he loves us. God also has a purpose for you. One of the best things that you can tell someone, whether it's yourself, a friend, or a young one, I love going up to kids and telling kids, God has a purpose and a plan for you. Because they're awestruck. And see, sometimes even as adults, we need to hear this. As adults, we need to understand that God has a purpose for you. Do you know God has a purpose and a plan for where you're working? God has a purpose and a plan for your family. God has a purpose and a plan for everything that you're going through right now. You may be struggling with some type of sin. And I'm not saying that God is making you do that because he doesn't. But God will take that sin if you allow him and make a good purpose in it and bring you out of it. God has a purpose for all things that we go through. We may not like it. It may be difficult. It may even be sad. But God has a purpose. God will always, always provide for you. There's never been a time in your life where God hasn't provided for you. It may be easy for me to say as I'm sitting up here because I've never been hungry. (laughs) Never had to go to the refrigerator door and open that up. But can I tell you a story? When I was, uh, a few years ago, I was in El Salvador on a missions trip and we went to visit uh, a man who lived in this house that was barely a house. Had some steel tin on the roof. We walked into his house, and the man was blind. And he didn't have use of one of his legs. He was very, very poor. By our standards today, he was very, very poor. When I say poor, he didn't have a refrigerator. He barely had running water in his house. And as we walked into his house, the one thing he said to me is, he says, Pastor, I just want to tell you that God is so good, and he provides so much. And I was struck. I couldn't, I literally could not talk. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, this is the most disgusting place I've ever seen that someone would actually live. In the middle of his house, if you will, there was a hole, and in that hole was a fire that always was running. That's what they boiled water to drink. That's what they cooked their meals on. And I said, where, where do you sleep? And he goes, what do you mean? This is my bed. It's the most comfortable thing I ever have. And I looked over, and it was rope tied together to make a hammock of some type. Now listen, I loved a hammock, but I don't want to sleep in a hammock all night long. He said, it's the most amazing thing. It's the greatest thing. The missionary here, Samuel, gave me all of this rope and allowed me to tie it together to make my own hammock. And so now I have my own hammock. And I'm still sitting there going, this is amazing. And I asked him, I said, well, how do you, what do you have in life? He says, I have everything I could ever want. He goes, in fact, listen, he goes, I want to I make you dinner. And 
And I'm looking around. I'm like, he doesn't have a refrigerator. He doesn't have like countertops of food. What's he going to make for dinner? And Samuel comes over to me and he whispers in his ear and he he goes, he's going to kill his only chicken so that he can cook this chicken for you. But that's the only thing he has. And I said, Samuel, tell him, no, we'll go to the store and we'll buy food and bring it to him. And he's like, no, no, it would be very disrespectful. And I said, Samuel, I can't take his only chicken. This is the chicken that, by the way, is making eggs and, and he's getting breakfast from these eggs and everything else. And, and Samuel goes, he would be very disappointed and very upset with us if we did not allow him to do this. And so here is this blind man who can barely walk. He walks with a crutch because one leg doesn't work, sleeping on a hammock, and in his, the stove is a fire in the middle of his house. By the way, in El Salvador, it was very hot. I'm talking it was 95, 98 degrees. And he's cooking this chicken. And he goes out, he does what he needs to do with this chicken, <laughs> brings it in, and he cooks it. And he's so happy. And I asked him, I said, how do you think God has provided for you? And he goes, God has provided me this wonderful home. God has provided me this wonderful bed. God has provided me this very food that I can share with you. And I noticed as he gave us this food that he wasn't eating. And I asked him, I said, are you not going to eat with us? He goes, oh, there's not enough. He goes, I know you Americans like to eat a lot. Of course, we had Ben with us, who's a big guy. And so I can understand that. And I said, you really, you really believe that God provides for you? And he says, oh, God has always provided for me. I've never wanted an, uh, anything. I left that day totally changed in the way I look at God's provisions for my life. God may not answer my prayers. He may not give me exactly what I want. But you know what? I have way more than this man ever had in El Salvador. Now, here's a wonderful part of the story. We left there, and uh, two days later, we come back, and he's so excited. He goes, Pastor, Pastor, you prayed for me, didn't you? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, I was sitting here yesterday, and this guy yells out, Hey, are you in there? And he comes out, and the guy handed him four chickens. And he goes, I sacrificed my only chicken for you, but I got four in return. He goes, isn't it amazing how God provides? And I'm like, yeah, he certainly does. He certainly does provide in an amazing way. I still don't know how he got those chickens, by the way, or who delivered those chickens to him. But this man who gave his only chicken to us, who thought God had provided him with the biggest riches in life because he got to not only share his home with us, but he got to share his only chicken with a pastor from the U.S., How can I, in the light of that, sit here and say, just because God doesn't answer my prayers for something specific that I've asked for, that God is not providing for me? I can't. And I challenge you today that if you're here today and God has not answered your prayers, don't walk away thinking that God is not there and that God doesn't love me and that God does not provide for me because he does. He just provides for us in a way different way. And then let me share this last one with you. When God doesn't answer the prayers in the way that you want to, he's still there. He's still loving you. He still wants to be with you. 
It may be the most difficult thing you've ever done. But if we can go through the pain and suffering and understand and grieve the loss of what we thought in our head. Listen, it's okay to have visions. It's okay to have dreams. It's okay to have all of these thoughts about where I wish I would be or where I thought I would be. But that doesn't give us a right to say that God does not provide for us when he doesn't answer those prayers in the way that we thought he would answer them. Instead, what we have to do is be thankful for what we have to give him glory and live for him. Will you stand with me and will you pray, please? Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that even in the midst of unanswered prayers, even in the midst of difficulties, we can see you and how you move. That we know that you love us. That we know that you provide for us. And when all else fails, when all seems to be crumbling around us, when our prayers don't seem to be answered in the way that we want them to be answered, you are still at work in our life and we thank you for that. Father, I can honestly sit here and say that if you never answered another prayer of mine, I would still glorify you. I would still honor you. I'd still praise you. because you're that worthy. And so, Lord, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for how much you love us and what you are doing in each and every one of our lives. And, Father, we pray for those that aren't here today because they're sick or they're dealing with issues in their life. And, Father, I know that many today are struggling through the sickness of COVID still, struggling through unanswered healing prayers that they need. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, let them see the glory of who you are. Maybe not in their answered prayers, but in other ways of how you work in their life. Father, you are true, you are loving, and you care for us so much that even when things don't go the way that we want them, we can see you, we can glorify you, and we can honor you and praise you. Because there are no depths, no heights, no widths, no lengths. Nothing, including death, evil principalities, anything in this life that can keep you away from loving us. And so we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for the exceedingly abundantly abundant things that you're doing for us. Even when it seems like you're not moving, you're moving, Father. Even when there seems to be no purpose, there is a purpose. Even when it seems like you're not there, you're there. We thank you for those things. Father, if there's anyone that's here today that is struggling, may they feel that power. May they feel that present in their presence in their life. May they know that the Holy Spirit is there walking with them. May they understand that they too can overcome all things in their life because you are who you say you are. And so, Lord, come into our lives today. Bless us. Be with us. Help us. Forgive us for doubting you. Forgive us for not being the ones that you have called us to be because we have been distracted by those prayers that you may not have answered, Father. Help us instead to be those that you call us to be. The hands and feet of Christ to share with the world around us how much you love them. Father, if there's those, any that are here today that are either here in in this room or watching online that have never given their life to Christ before, have never accepted that payment that you did on the cross for them, may today be that day where they say, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe, as Romans 10 says, that I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth the sins that I have done. I believe in my heart that you love me and that you died on the cross for me. And I ask you to come into my heart now. Be my Savior and be my King. Father, thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for blessing us and providing for us. We glorify you, we honor you, and we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree. It's bending beneath the weight of his wind. And mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are
Yes, Lord, you do love us. Love us beyond any thought, any ability for us to grasp a hold of what that means. Lord, help us in our midst of our lives to understand the depth, the height, the width of that love. Help us in the midst of troubles or disappointments to grasp a hold of that love. Help us in the midst of our trials and tribulations to grasp a hold of that love. Help us in the midst of our successes and the answered prayers to grasp a hold of the depth of that love. You're always there, always providing, but most importantly, always loving us. So help us today, Father, as we prepare to part ways and go upon our own way whatever you have in store for us this coming week. May we share in that love of Christ with all those in our lives. May we share that love of who you are with those around us. Be in your hands and feet. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly more, abundantly more than what you could ever imagine or think of. May you have the grace and the love of Jesus. May you walk in that as you go your way. We give you glory, Father. We give you honor. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We look forward to seeing you again next week.